You are listening to the Today I Found Out podcast, where each weekday we provide an interesting story that is going to feed your brain. You can read more great articles like this by going to todayifoundout.com. Hello and welcome to episode number 125 of the Daily Knowledge Podcast from Today I Found Out. Now, this episode is going to tell you about the fascinating story of Lieutenant Colonel William Rankin. He ejected during an emergency from his fighter jet at high altitude and then proceeded to get stuck inside a cumulonimbus cloud. He was basically rolling around in this cloud, being blown around for 40 minutes. We're going to look in depth at this story and how exactly he ended up surviving this ordeal. And in the bonus fact section, we're going to look at other people who've also been stuck in cumulonimbus clouds and haven't quite been so lucky. Let's just get right into the show. While it may seem like an incredible tale, Lieutenant Colonel William Rankin once reported that he almost drowned while falling from the sky. So how did this happen? In 1959, while ejecting from his F-8 Crusader at 47,000 feet 14,325 meters, and at a speed of Mach 0.82, which is 624 miles per hour, or 1,004 kilometers an hour, he got caught up in a cumulonimbus tower. Cumulonimbus clouds, which often have something of a mushroom or anvil shape, tend to form in regions where there are extreme updrafts of air, which can form a dense vertical tower of cloud. It's not uncommon for these clouds to feature thunderstorms, hail, and other severe weather patterns. They can range from a few hundred feet at the base to 75,000 feet, 22,860 meters, at the top. Though usually they aren't that tall, with their peaks more typically only reaching around 20,000 feet, 6,096 meters. The taller the cumulonimbus cloud, the higher amount of updraft that will be experienced. This is what Colonel Rankin found himself in as he was forced to eject when his engine suddenly quit and a fire warning light came on. Unable to get the engine restarted, having lost all power, and having difficulty keeping his jet from going into a complete nosedive, he opted for ejecting, despite the extreme altitude and his lack of pressure suit. He did, however, have an oxygen mask which had a limited oxygen supply. With freezing weather, minus 50 Celsius, which is minus 58 Fahrenheit, where he initially ejected, within 10 seconds he hit the top of a near 47,000-foot, 14,325-meter-tall cumulonimbus tower, where he met with severe winds, lightning, hail, rain, and dense black clouds all around him. This is not to mention that the sudden decompression was causing swelling in his abdomen and bleeding from his eyes, nose, ears, and mouth, among other problems. After falling for five minutes, with only a few feet of visibility within the cloud, he began to think that his parachute's auto-deployment system must have malfunctioned as it was supposed to deploy at 10,000 feet, 3,048 meters, and normally he should have hit that level by now. Eventually, it did kick in and his parachute deployed. The problem was he wasn't at 10,000 feet, despite the length of time he'd been falling. The barometric switch that deploys the parachute automatically had been fooled by the violent weather conditions in the storm, triggering it early. This probably wouldn't have mattered much, because even if he had deployed at 10,000 feet, he would have been sucked back up with the updraft, as he was anyways. The cloud suck was so violent that every time he'd reached the apex of the upswell, his body would continue up, even as the parachute stopped, so it hit the fabric in his parachute, only then to fall for a time and have the cycle repeated. From being violently tossed about, Rankin said, At one point, I got seasick and heaved. 
During these up and down cycles, lightning was striking around him and hail battering him from every direction. Boy, do I remember that lightning. I never exactly heard the thunder. I felt it. One lightning strike not far above his parachute lit up, and he thought the lightning had actually struck the chute itself. His limbs became frostbitten, and the water vapor was so thick at times he choked on it as he tried hard to breathe. When it was most severe, he stated he thought he was going to drown. During these times, he attempted to hold his breath, not a safe practice when ascending rapidly. When he finally broke through the bottom of the cloud a few hundred feet above the ground, he'd been in the cumulonimbus tower for about 40 minutes. He initially was descending toward a clearing when a gust of wind came up at the last minute and threw him into a patch of trees, a little last present from the storm, where his parachute became tangled in the branches and he smacked his head right into the trunk of one of the trees, though he was of course wearing a helmet. Once he'd freed himself from the tree, he hiked along until he found a road and attempted to hitch a ride. This turned out to be easier said than done, as his vomit-covered, bloody, ripped-up, rain-soaked flight suit hardly endeared drivers to pick him up. Eventually, someone did stop and took him to a payphone where he was able to call for an ambulance, spending the next few weeks in hospital recovering from frostbite, severe decompression effects, and numerous welts and bruises all over his body, but otherwise suffering no long-term damage from the ordeal. Up to that point, he was the only known person to parachute through a cumulonimbus tower and survive. And now for today's bonus facts. In 2007, Wisniewska Silekwiz, a Polish paraglider who was practicing for a paragliding contest in Australia, found herself accidentally sucked up into a cumulonimbus cloud. She reached a maximum altitude of just shy of 33,000 feet, 10,058 meters, before reaching the top, rising at a rate of about 4,000 feet per minute, 46 miles per hour, or 74 kilometers an hour. Needless to say, she lost consciousness during the ordeal from lack of oxygen. Surprisingly, she lived through the experience, despite being unconscious for somewhere between 30 and 60 minutes while the cloud had its way with her and her glider. When she woke up, she had a nice layer of ice on her clothes, but managed to land safely. Bonus fact 2. Unfortunately, she wasn't the only paraglider practicing that day who was sucked up into the cloud. He Zongping of China also couldn't escape the cloud when he was sucked up into it. At around 19,000 feet, 5,791 meters, he was struck by lightning and died. His body wasn't found until the next day, around 10 miles or 16 kilometers from where he entered the cloud. Bonus Fact 3 The first ever helium-inflated airship, the USS Shenandoah, was destroyed after getting caught up in an extreme updraft, resulting in it ascending rapidly from 2,100 feet to 6,200 feet, 640 meters to 1,889 meters, and then subsequently being able to descend, but then getting caught up in an even more severe updraft, bursting some of the helium bags and breaking the keel. The ship was torn apart and crashed to the ground in pieces. Amazingly, 29 out of the 43 crew managed to survive the subsequent crash by taking refuge in three different pieces of the ship that still had at least some loft as they descended, rather than a free fall. Unlucky for them, most who survived this crash later died on the Akron airship, which broke up and sunk in the Atlantic, killing 73 of the crew. Three survived. The Akron crash at the time was the deadliest in aviation history. The J-3 blimp sent to search for survivors of the Akron crash also crashed into the ocean, though in this case, only two people died. Bonus Fact 4 
The USS Shenandoah would not have been destroyed at all had Commander Lansdowne's superiors listened to him. The flight it was destroyed in was made under protest as Commander Lansdowne knew that late summer weather in Ohio often had weather conditions unsuitable for flying an airship through. However, military brass felt they couldn't afford delays or cancellations of the flight as the airship had been extremely expensive and they needed to show it off to help sway taxpayers to view the ship more favorably. You just listened to an episode of the Today I Found Out Daily podcast. Tune in every weekday for another great episode or find more articles at todayifoundout.com.